0: And now the SleepHawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hensbro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the SleepHawk Worldwide Podcast. This is Sleep Dog with the Big Hulk. What's up, everybody?
1: Excited about this podcast. We are. Second episode at The Nest. This place gets better every time I'm here to sleep. I love this place, and I love this podcast. I'm ready to go. Oh,
0: yeah. More junk in here than last time. Still no furniture. Still no pictures on the wall. Still uh, you know, not a lot of much of anything but the podcast. You know, we got the uh, back to our roots here. A bunch of cords and wires and computer, and uh, I don't know, just figuring out what we're going to say about five minutes before we're supposed to say it. We got uh, the NBA playoffs. We got Kentucky Derby. We got Jake Paul. um, Apparently, something's going on there. We'll have Big Hawk carry that one. We got the Canes playing tonight. Old Sleep Dogs will be there pounding on the glass. Uh, NIL uh, just passed some new um, guidance, they call it. Um, Can't wait to to dive into what that shit means. And then uh, F1 race in Miami and old Young Thug, man. I'm telling you, man, that guy is in some deep doo doo. Uh, Who knows where this is going to go? But we're going to start with the NBA playoffs. Last night. It was Golden State and the Grizzlies after Milwaukee and Boston. Milwaukee-Boston tied 2-2. Philly-Heat tied 2-2. Phoenix-Mavs tied 2-2. Golden State last night. Somehow, dude, I know you didn't watch the game, but I was like – I actually fell asleep and woke up after the first quarter and watched the rest of it somehow. And it was – dude, I've never seen a team shoot so poorly since I was at Crotan High School. Uh, But Golden State, nonetheless, after going about 1-for-80 – Still beat the Grizzlies last night, and they're up 3-1, and um, it don't look good for those guys. Series is over, is if you ask me, and the reason I say that,
1: Steve Kerr, COVID outbreak, this is a hell of a time to have a COVID uh, positive. I'm not sure what's going on there. Hopefully, none of the players just, uh, just got it, um, but... Yeah, I don't I don't see uh, Memphis being the team to come back from a from down three one. One, they're off, awfully young and they don't have a lot of experience. And like I said previous, this team this team is a very good team. They play hard. They have great role players and they have some good players. But they don't have that second star. And mm-hmm. I think Ja Morant is unbelievable. But I think last night the reason that they played so well is because defensively Ja Morant is so vulnerable mm-hmm. that they lock people down. And I think that goes to uh that explains why they're so good without Ja. And, you know, obviously I've always thought Ja is gonna be a star. The way he carries himself, you can just tell from some NBA players and just just the way they carry themselves, their athleticism and, you know, their ability to hit big shots and big moments, to me, makes a huge star. And I think one thing that Ja is missing is uh, defense. And he's also missing another star. Uh, I'm not really sure, like an all-star caliber player, somebody to really get them over the hump to really be a true contender. And I think Golden State is a contender sleep. I think they're um, – you know it's kind of interesting. This Jordan Poole guy is taking a lot of pressure off of Clay
0: and Steph. Yep, dude. Last night Clay was atrocious. Steph was not that good, um, but they were good when they needed to be, which is in the fourth quarter. Um, the The thing about Memphis is like for a while everybody thought it was going to be Desmond Bain. Like he had a really great run toward the la- latter half of the the regular season, but in the playoffs he's been pretty quiet. Like he's a good like. He's a good player. Uh Jaron Jackson is evolving into a good player. Brandon Clark is a good player. Like I think Zaire Williams is a good player or will be a good player, but they don't really have, like you said. Like they don't even so so I guess Klay Thompson, for example, and Draymond, like those guys are stars. Um, Klay Thompson today is not if you, if you could somehow envision clay thompson today and 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 take away what you've learned of him like in the moment he's not really a star. He's not playing like a star, right? Um, last night, he's 6 of 20, 07 from three. He hasn't been the guy that you fear could could go for 40 some nights. So, you know, I don't know whether that's still come back from the injury or whatever. Like, you know, just got to get his confidence back. I mean, he's a, a good player, but right now, I'm, I mean, Jordan Poole is the new Clay Thompson uh, in that rotation. And, you know, and, but the Warriors have like arguable stars. They got, they got Curry. Wiggins is, is an all star this year and he's playing like it. Green Draymond is experienced. Even guys like Otto Porter is is playing are, are playing really well uh and given solid minutes. And then like Golden or, or, or Memphis is like I think they're getting by on a lot of like grit and determination and youth and athleticism and just like they want it. But yeah, you're right. They don't have anybody when these guys are talking about Dylan Brooks playing like a big role. Like, get out of here, man. That reminds me. This team reminds me a little bit of those Cavs teams with LeBron with like their second best player was like Mo Williams mm-hmm. uh, and Vera Zhao. Like these were good players at the time. Uh, solid. Yeah, I think Mo Williams was an all-star one time, and it was while LeBron was there. But like there's no – like after LeBron, like if John Morant moves on, this team does not go to the playoffs. So, um, you know, I, I agree with you 100% there. What was blew my mind last night, I know you didn't – I mean, dude – The fact that Golden State still won as poorly as they shot, and there were some questionable calls down the stretch if you're being unbiased. Uh, You know, Steph, he he acted like he got thrown in the fourth row, and I ain't quite sure anybody touched him. But, um, you know, they got by. They won a game ugly at home and, uh, dude, Mike Brown stepped in for Steve Kerr, and Mike, it was so weird, because Mike Brown, He found out right before the game, Steve Kerr's out with COVID, so you're thinking to yourself, like, dude, Kerr's been wearing a mask inexplicably for the last month, like, I don't know, week, then, then Kerr's gone, Mike Brown was just like, it was unfathomable some of the decisions he was making as a coach. It was like, did he realize that he had was about to leave Golden State and go coach in Sacramento and would try as hard as he could to lose the game so he would get fired before he ever got the job? I don't know. But it was some really funny stuff going on Twitter and Reddit last night during the game.
1: You're not the only one talking about that. Um you know, and, and Sleep, you, may, you bring up a good point. I will say that the one beautiful thing about Golden State is the way they move the ball and how they move uh, without the ball. It just seems like everybody's on a string, and that system, everyone has really bought into it. And I think, Gold, I mean, I think uh, Memphis has really defined themselves on physicality, defense, uh, and playing hard. And obviously that only gets you so far, but I will say... The NBA is evolving to where the point is these like these top-heavy teams where you see uh, Brooklyn. Yep. Uh, you see, you have uh, Kyrie, KD, um, and then just kind of some good like not great pros, but you know subpar pros. And then you look at, uh, let's say, the Lakers, LeBron, yeah. AD. Now they have uh, Westbrook, but let's and just be Mello, honest. But yeah, yeah, I mean, they, they got didn't. we the were stars. I mean, Melo's ancient at this point, but he's a shell of himself. And also, teams like Boston Celtics, they have a very good team. Yeah. And I think Jason Tatum's a really good player, and he's one of the elite players in the NBA. But he's not.
0: To he's me, he's not a superstar. He's
1: not. He's not a top five. Yeah, and I will say like. Good teams are starting to make a presence in the NBA, and it's starting to evolve where you can't have top-heavy teams and teamwork and all this other stuff is starting to become uh, very important. And I think Memphis, they have a bunch of good players. And I still think you need stars to be a contender. And I think that's what Memphis is going through right now. Maybe they'll get it. Memphis isn't the most appealing place in the world. They have really good barbecue. uh, But (laughs) besides that, let's be honest, Memphis isn't a destination where people go to vacation. And, you know, they're going to have to draft somebody or, you know, they're going to have to talk somebody, overpay somebody in free agency to come there and kind of give Ja the help that he needs. And Golden State is going to end this in Memphis next uh, next game, I'm going to call it. And I will just speak on the uh, the play with Poole and Ja. The play that uh, Ja was upset about, I honestly, I think we talked about it last pod. There was nothing there. Yeah. So we won't dive into that, but uh, this has been a fun series, and um – you know I like watching Memphis, but Golden State has too much firepower.
0: Yeah, I know nobody here that listens to our podcast probably knows nor gives a shit about who Jonathan Kaminga is, but you will someday. And one of the biggest things that blew my mind is Kaminga. So if you if you follow the playoffs, he was the first, he was the youngest player in the history of the NBA uh, to start a playoff game in the prior game. 18 or 19 years old in like 213 days. Who's counting besides me? Um, doesn't turn 20 until October. Kid's 6'7. He's 225. He's 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 incredible. Starts again, you know, and he's starting because of matchups and, you know, Gary Payton's hurt and Igadala's out and these sorts of things. He's very similar uh, build and, and, and fills a similar role. He plays five minutes. And now, mind you, the night before, the game before, he plays 18 minutes. Goes 8 of 10 from the floor with 18 points and 6 rebounds like 4 assists. And he plays 5 minutes and never comes back in the game. And it wasn't – the game was not – dude, they were awful and they could they needed a spark, they needed somebody to hustle, they needed somebody to be aggressive. These are all things that this kid does and he wasn't in the game. Instead, there Mike Brown's got Damian Lee in the game. I don't even know who the fuck that is, but he sucks and he did not play well last night and neither did the rest of the team and it blew my mind cuz like here anyway, I got on a tangent there, but here's the thing I was going to say about rookies. You mentioned how these teams, these top heavy teams aren't really doing it anymore. And you bring up a really good point because what do Golden State great rookies and I'm not even, I mean, Kaminga's great, but he he haven't even scratched the surface yet on him, but Jordan Poole, um, Poole's not a rookie, but young, young guys. Uh, Grizzlies. You got Morant. You got Desmond Bain. Now, Morant's Marant, a star, but Bain. Jaron Jackson. These are guys that on, like, the Lakers probably wouldn't even be get any run, and yet they're better than half of their team. You got Phoenix. You got Cam Johnson out there. You got DeAndre Ayton. These are young guys that are really coming into it. You got Philly. You got Maxi is having a great year. Um, you know, the Heat um, have, um, what's his face? Hero. And I think they got... One other young guy. Boston has uh what's his face? Uh, Pritchard. You know, these guys aren't aren't like you know, not all these guys I'm mentioning are are superstars. And dude, as much as I fucking hate to admit it, like you see Grayson Allen playing a role for the Bucks. Like, whatever, man. I don't like the guy at all. And uh, but nonetheless, like all these teams is just really interesting to me. How how viable some of the younger people in their lineups are? These guys are like rookies or sophomores, and they're making like an impact. And if it weren't for Maxi, dude, the Heat would have probably—I mean, the the Philly would have probably already lost that series. James Harden had a good game last game, but before that, dude, it was all uh, it was all him and uh, Maxi and, and, and Embiid. So I don't know, man. There's like a bunch of fun storylines, and I think the the most fun of the playoffs from the NBA perspective is you're getting a chance to see, like in my opinion, sort of the passing of the torch from one generation to the next this is a huge rookie class the last rookie class was very good with edwards and with and that's the other thing about where memphis is Memphis could have easily lost that series to Minnesota, and Memphis is kind of bitching about some of the calls that went their way. And I'm sure Minnesota fans are saying the same shit about their series. So, um, man, it's it's really competitive, um, and it's just really fun night in and night out, man. Yeah,
1: sleep. You bring up a good point. We're gonna call refs out, and I'm gonna call the league out. Uh, you know, th- did you see the Boston game? Too, uh not last game, but the previous game, where Marcus Smart. Had a you know a late shot under five seconds for a handoff, and then he ha- he was going up for his shot. They called it on the floor in his shot motion. They gave him two oh, shots; yeah. should have been three. Totally changed uh, the strategy, and then the league reviewed it, and they said no. He got the call. That is. That was so bad. Usually the NBA is on top of this where, hey, they mess up a call. They put out a statement the next day. Hey, we missed a call. This is what it should have been, blah, blah, blah. But they stuck to it, and it seems like I've been listening to a lot of uh, sports talk, and they got that one wrong. I haven't figured out one person to agree with that call two games ago. But uh, the uh, the Celtics and um, – Milwaukee series has been unbelievable. And the reason I like about that, I think uh, Giannis, to me, Giannis is MVP. And I know uh, Embiid is playing very well. And he carried Philly pretty much the whole year without when Ben Simmons wasn't playing and he was having a hell of a year. And then you could also say, you know, Jokic, the joker, he deserves it. But to me, Giannis is the most dominant player in the NBA.
0: Yeah, he's running in that same thing that like Kobe and LeBron always ran into, which was like everybody's sick of that that hype so they want to give it to somebody else.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And it just makes no sense because I watch this and the Celtics are playing very good defensively on him. And it's it's a very physical game. First of all, I hate the Celtic strategies just fall down anytime Giannis <laughs> makes a drive to the basket and hope the refs call a charge. But he is dominating the game. It's unbelievable to watch. But he does have a lot of role players. I mean even the, you know, Grayson Allen, as much as we all hate him, he's, he's getting his moments, and the Coventine kid is playing really well. Now, they're playing without uh, Middleton, who's out with an injury, and if he was in the game or playing in this series, I think that it'd be a totally different series. But, you know, sleep, I think Boston might be able to take this series, and I hate to say it because I love Giannis. I love Giannis. I would love to see, see him continue to play. But I don't know. This is going to be a tough series for uh, the Bucks to pull out now.
0: Yeah, dude, and the thing about Giannis, and, and they kept asking about this, you know, I can't remember who the commentator was, but he kept shooting threes, dude, and he shoots like 30% from three. Stan his, Van Gundy. Yeah, oh, that, dude, Stan yeah. Van Gundy is an icon. Man, I love that guy. Him and Jeff Van Gundy, they just don't give a shit. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, that's his one sort of weakness. But, dude, it's amazing how he gets to the basket. Um, I mean, obviously he's big and he's tall and he's long and all these things, but, like, dude, it's just it's, it's amazing how crafty he is at his size. Um, to not just cr- and he's you know his, it's amazing how his jumper in like transition and stuff is good, but from three and from the free throw line it is tr- doo-doo Brown. Um, yeah, but yeah, I- I'm looking here at at Jokic's stats, and I got a buddy who's big on player efficiency rating. I hate
1: that. I hate the stat thing.
0: Yeah, and it the in, in fairness, um, Giannis and Embiid outscored him this year, but he, but. Jokic out-rebounded and out-assisted them considerably. So, you know, statistically, and he had the highest player efficiency rating in a single season in NBA history.
1: Yeah, but you got to look at the fact that – Better than Wilt Chamberlain. you got to look at the fact that they are missing a key player, and that's Jamal Murray for the Nuggets, and he took on much more of a significant role. And, yeah, I would say his efficiency is probably at a much higher clip this year because they're missing him. But also, I don't think they're a true contender. And I think Embiid, I think the 76ers are a contender. I think the Bucks are a contender. And, you know, at some point, here comes my debate, like getting into the playoffs with great stats and being like, you know, a statistical, you know, one of these statistical gods in, on basketball court. Does that make you MVP or is it like we're really going to the most dominant player? Because I think, I think if you put Giannis on Denver, I think Denver's a contender.
0: Yeah. Here's here's the other argument though. I mean, and this is like the most valuable versus the most dominant, right? Like and, and and I don't really know how they define it, but I mean you take take those three guys off of their three teams and which team's the worst. And I think it's Denver, right? If you take Jokic, if you take <laughs> Milwaukee and you take or you take Giannis and you take uh Embiid off of their teams and just you know Send them up to the International Space Station for a season and just let their teams fend for themselves without them. I think Denver sucks, right? And, I mean, I don't know, dude. I, I, they got some players. I think Jokic is just a really underappreciated guy, which is weird because, you know, he's now won the MVP award twice in a row, and he's he's extremely talented, and there's, like, kind of no stopping him. I mean, he's a big dude, but he he can shoot and all those things. I mean, you're not going to get an argument from me one way or the other. Yeah, I definitely agree with you that Giannis is – is the one who is like, if I were gonna pick the best player in the league, it's Giannis. Yeah, and, and I really think that that's what the MVP should be. Is who is just better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it sucks because the reason why they don't vote on it that way is you would have had Jordan win it about. 15 years in a row then you'd have had kobe win it two or three times and then you had lebron win it damn near every season since (laughs) and you'd have three mvp awards in the last 40 years so i get it um but it's it is sort of subjective and um i mean all the three of those guys had had great seasons i'm with you on the statistics Uh, stuff though you you know i'm with you sleep i
1: understand it and you know it goes back when i look at these years steve nash is one of my favorite players you know, he had two regular season MVPs. Kobe Bryant only had one. Mm-hmm. I think Shaq only had one. And when it's all said and done, I mean, Shaq and Kobe, to me, had a much better career than Steve Nash. And But, you know, Steve Nash got yep. one more MVP than both of them.
0: Yeah. Now, it's a, it's an interesting argument. And in the playoffs in general, so tonight, before we close out on the playoffs, if, if you guys listen to this and you don't watch the playoffs, just do yourself a favor and just watch a game. I mm-hmm. mean – I get it. This has been a sentiment for a long time that the NBA is like, you know, whatever. It's a great product, man. Um, The the games are fun to watch. And I find myself – my least favorite matchups in the playoffs now is probably – Really, it, it's probably Boston and Milwaukee because I just don't really care for either one of those teams in particular, mm-hmm. mainly because Allen plays a big role for Milwaukee and Tatum <laughs> plays a big role for Boston, so the hell with both of them. um but even that, dude, is is a really entertaining series. Philly in the Heat. Jimmy Butler is like, that guy's a monster. Uh, Luka, if you don't get a chance to watch him, I mean, he's unreal. And these guys are all young as hell, man, mm-hmm. for the most part. So anyway, uh, check it out tonight. Philly, Miami at 730. And then Dallas, Phoenix, um, for those of you that don't sleep at 10 o'clock tonight. So uh, somebody's going to win. Somebody's going to lose. And in both cases, someone's going to go up three games to two. And somebody's going to go down two games to three. Three. That's kind of how the math works on it. So uh, we'll talk about it next week. I guess it'll be over by the time we come back. So let's just give our final, you know, you said Golden State. Phoenix and the Mavs. 2-2, two, two, who you got? Phoenix, series. Phoenix. Phoenix. Uh, you got Philly and the Heat. Tonight, they're at Miami. Miami's the home court advantage. I'm going Philly. You're going Philly, okay? You're going Phoenix, and you're going Golden State. Uh, and then Milwaukee, Boston. That one is going to go uh, Boston back to Boston. I got Milwaukee. Got Milwaukee. Okay, I'm going to take Golden State. Um, I'm going to take the Mavs, even though I want Cam to win. Uh, but Reggie's Reggie's also a Tar Heel. Uh, I'm going to take- So is Theo. So is Theo. I'm going to take the Heat. Um, phew. that Boston Milwaukee one is tough, man. If they had Chris Middleton, the series would be over. But I'm going to take Milwaukee. I'm gonna take Milwaukee. So, by the time we meet again, according to me and the Big Hawk, we will have uh, Golden State and Milwaukee playing either Phoenix and the Mavs for Golden State or Philly or the Heat for the Bucks. And we'll, we'll decide what we feel about that when we figure out whether we're right or wrong. Um, Nil. What? Are, what's, oh, let's talk about Kentucky Derby next, dude. Um, because you're from there and you know a little thing or two about old uh, horses. Um, and what was the horse's name? That one, Rich Strike. Rich Strike, eighty to one, bro. That's like <laughs> that's like going and buying a Camaro off a used car lot and taking that some bitch out to the damn Daytona 500 and coming in first place with it.
1: Yeah, sleep. I'll break it down. I went to Kentucky this weekend, not for uh, the Derby, but to visit some family. I have family in Kentucky, and Epicenter, the horse that was favored to win, and uh, what's a guy named Mattress Mike? Mattress, uh, the guy that bets on all these. My horses? pillow guy? I don't know. No, not the my pillow guy. So, anyways, absurd gambler who bets on all these sporting events put a million dollars down on Mattress or on Epicenter. I think mm-hmm. his name is Mattress Mike or whatever, uh, but. He put a million dollars on Epicenter, and Epicenter is from Bowling Green, Kentucky, where my family lives. And so, you know, there was this whole energy in Bowling Green. (laughs) Yeah, this guy's. This guy's a-
0: four point five million dollars in bets, dude. This oh, dude, on the Cincinnati Bengals, dude. This dude is a. Ah, oh, and they did not win. That was an old article. Sh- well, the mattress Mike you, might bet. been his last million if I. Yeah, he' gonna be called
1: futon for it's yeah, over. Yeah. Uh, but
0: futon Phil.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all right. So there's a you know there's an energy in Bowling Green. Everybody's excited about epicenter. Well, anyways, one of the horses gets scratched. The day—I meant the night before or the day of—and so they have a fill-in horse, Rich Strike. They bring him up the night or the day of the Derby, the morning, and the damn horse is eighty to one and wins the whole damn thing, right down the stretch, on the right down coming right before the finish line, just busts the doors open and wins the whole thing. And this is one of the biggest upsets in. I don't, I'm not sure this is a sport or what it is. I, I will say it because the jockeys, there's some, you know, it takes a little bit of uh, knowledge to do that. But the only comparison, I saw this comparison on, pardon the interruption, I can't really take credit for it, is when John Daly won his major in the PGA Tour.
0: <sighs> That's a good one.
1: He was like, I think there was no way he was going to make, you know, qualify. But I think nine golfers, um got scratched from an injury or something and then so Daly drove up the day of the tournament, just teed it Marked up them. and just won the whole damn thing. Apparently it was blackout by the back nine, which is even a better story. But uh this is one of those rare moments in where no one saw it coming. And I you know, the horse sold for thirty thousand last year. Anybody knows about these horses in these derbies. These horses are worth millions, and the way they treat these horses—they lock them in a stable. They have armed guards, and basically, this is just a money-generating horse. They use them to mate, and you know, make all these great horses in the hopes that they have, you know, a hell of a thoroughbred that can be a, a Kentucky Derby racehorse winner one day. But it was an exciting event. I went to the uh, local casino and put some bets down. There was a race every 40 minutes. It was amazing. I was in the hole, and then I hit the trifecta. I picked first, second, third. I boxed it in Mm. and uh, cashed out, came out on top with a hundo. So it was a great weekend sleep.
0: Wow. Uh looks like old Mattress Mike won twelve point three million dollars betting on Kansas to beat UNC. So fuck that guy. Fuck but he em. also lost twelve million dollars between the Super Bowl and the Kentucky Derby. I'm trying to see like all this dude just says, here's the article says after a string of losses, Mattress Mike bets 3.3 million. Dot 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 I'm like, dude, bro, you are uh Uh, I must have sold a lot of mattresses back in the day. Yeah, I don't know shit about the Kentucky Derby. I don't get the pomp and the circumstance. I mean, I'm sure it's fun to just go get wrecked in the Kentucky heat um, and watch, you know, horses run for – dude, horses just amaze me. I don't understand it. Um, it, These horses are not nice horses. mm -mm, Anybody knows thoroughbreds, these things are temperamental.
1: I mean, it's like a pit bull, man. They don't like to be touched. (laughs) I mean, this is not a –
0: That one didn't want to get in the gate no I, I think oh 80 to one was juicing in there i think they were feeding Juicy? I, think he was they're all juicing i think they're they were feeding something. them some yellow jackets and then they put them into them uh it's amazing to me like that one horse is being an asshole all these other ones are just standing there and the jockey has got to be like hey dude i was the first one in here man we're we're, we're uh, let's go <laughs> and uh and as soon as they latch the door on that last one they take the fuck off it's uh i don't know it's <laughs> it's common you ever been to a greyhound race I have dude greyhound race I at mean, first my first experience in the state of Florida when I was uh eighteen years old, I went to a greyhound track, and um this is about exactly the experience you would think it is I and mean, dude, it's awful because obviously, like a lot of that, there's a lot of bad stuff goes on with those dogs, but those dogs are fucking fast, dude. <laughs> they had like a rabbit a t- like a stuffed <laughs> rabbit on a uh, on an r c car. And they, this RC car, they took off and these greyhounds started chasing that motherfucker. And you got these old ass dudes with gold chains and pinky rings on just like cussing at these greyhounds from some booth somewhere. And uh, these dogs were just fucking hauling ass. It was just, uh, it was something to see. But I, I mean, if it weren't so, uh, apparently, obviously, like, I don't know if the whole thing is just messed up or if it's just like sometimes the dogs get treated poorly. I'm not here for that, just so we're very clear. Uh I don't like anything that anyone that mistreats dogs. But if there is a greyhound race where they treat the dogs properly, I'm all in for it. If there's not, I'll never. I mean, I haven't been to one since. I won't go to another one. But it was entertaining.
1: Sleep. I, I went to a greyhound race as well. My dad took me um, when I was young, <laughs> and uh, I've been back. Um, it, you know, it takes a special human to go into that type of place, and before <laughs> on more than one occasion, yeah. And so I, I went. <laughs> and when I went back, I was a little older, and I said, "Listen, this is wrong. What you guys do to these dogs?" And then I walked in there, I started placing bets. I told everyone else that, just in case something looked at me weird, <laughs> I wanted to let them know where I stand. But you know, betting on things like that—I mean, that is—that's a, a rush, and. The Hulk
0: loves that. The, the, one, I, the one I know people got to be bad off on is those horse races where it's like a Roman carriage behind him and the dude is like <laughs> sitting in the cart and the horse is dragging him around. Like, what the fuck is that about? I mean, people actually... Dude, if you go bet on horse races, like... Something is wrong with you. I understand the Kentucky Derby, and I maybe understand, like, whatever, like, Dover and Churchill Downs or what is Churchill Downs where it's at? Preakness. Preakness Churchill's and all that. Yeah, yeah. Like, I understand, like, the major, the triple crown thing. Barely. But if you are going into, into Bowling Green, Kentucky on a Saturday, next Saturday, and betting on some horse named Strawberry Cupcake to win, <laughs> like – Buddy, take our advice and seek help immediately. Something is very wrong with you. I agree with you,
1: Sleep. And it's a slippery slope because, one, it's the Kentucky Derby special occasion. You can do that. But, uh, you know, there's one of these gambling places in, you know, about every city. It's just like a little – looks like a convenience shop. And you see The something. fish
0: tables. That's what they
1: call it. <laughs> and you what see, the fuck is a fish table? They got these, They got these TVs of these weird races. You're like, <laughs> where in the hell is this going on? And you know, I saw it at this, oh. at this local casino. It wasn't really a casino; it was more just a gambling place. It's legal. I looked it up, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> betting on koala races and shit in there. <laughs> they had, not only did they have the Kentucky Derby, Churchill Downs races, but they had two other oh, uh, tracks where oh. horses were racing, and I was just like. <laughs> where in the hell is this? <laughs> and it was just like one after the other. And I am just like, see these guys just oh, screaming man. at the TVs. It was great. Guys. People
0: bet on anything, man. They go in those uh, poker stores. And, uh, I don't know what fish tables are, but they, they advertise them in the sweepstakes machines and stuff like that. It's like, man, I'm going to Vegas next week. Maybe, maybe the week mm-hmm. after it's man. I'm not much of a gambler, believe it or not, man. I don't, I don't really, I mean, I will a little bit, um, but I just, I don't know. I don't enjoy it that much because you have no control over what's going on.
1: You got business in Vegas or you just
0: Yeah, a little bit. Uh oh associate fact checkers got some business out there, so I figure, hey, I'll go too. Um and I like playing blackjack. Um and then I don't I stay away from roulette because it's too much fun. That is fun, but that is absolutely the worst odds you could ever get. Um and then like craps is just too fucking complicated poker you get in there and if you can get on one of those like tournaments where everybody's like a like a turn like a you know everybody pays to get in but the problem with those tournaments man is you got some people that are like pro players and they get in there and just win everybody on this like hundred dollar tournament slot machine the wheel of fortune slot machine dude that's that's my weakness man you get to spin that wheel you just never know i
1: actually have a a cousin who is a gambler that he gambles in poker tournaments and his name is Andrew Hansbro mm-hmm. and uh, my name also is Andrew Hansbro. What are the odds? <laughs> so sometimes when I go, Probably like
0: on the- one in five, when <laughs> you consider a family. But okay, well, you know who, what? I mean,
1: first of all, uh, oh shit! Would you, I mean, why would anybody name? You know, they're like you have two brothers. Why would you name both sons Andrew? Um, but it's something down the road. Uh, I'm trying to figure <laughs> that one out still. But well, was
0: her first cousin? Yeah. I have a first. I have a second cousin named Brandon, but his last name is not Staten.
1: Yeah. And so um, I go into the casinos and they're like, oh, hey, uh, Andrew, why didn't you tell us you were coming? And uh, they take. (laughs) Eating (laughs) crab legs and shit, (laughs) crab leg Benedict for breakfast and shit. That last time that happened to me, I think it was in uh, Cleveland, actually. There's a pretty nice little casino right downtown in Cleveland. Uh, But nah, man, sleep. I like Vegas, man. There's a lot going on. Um, If I'm going to do betting, I would probably I love the roulette table, man. Mm, I love so it. It's so much fun. It man. is it is a rush. You gotta
0: have a lot of money to fucking have fun on that thing. Though. Yeah, a lot of money.
1: Or you gotta sacrifice a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, you're putting a lot on the line. It. Yeah. And uh you know, I, the the one the one thing I don't like about the casino though is I always feel like there's somebody the same person, I don't like the same people there every day. So I feel like there's some locals that just happen to show up every time I'm there. And they know the names. It's a little odd feeling, but mm-hmm. there's nothing like a rush. Mm. Just winning at like, I don't know, let's just say $700. And then just they place the roulette tables right oh, by yeah. the exit. And oh, it's yeah. just tempting. Just like, I'll double this yeah, real I'll quick. Yeah, I'll just double this some 700 red. Let's go. go on, Actually, it's always black. I never put it on I'll red. I always put it on black. Because of NC State. Uh, yeah, it's nice. always black. Love it. And if you really want to be ballsies,
0: the it, green. It hits green every time I bet. <laughs> which I never bet green uh, and that's what'll usually happen you know I'll put my money every on every square except green and it'll get zeros uh yeah I mean dude roulette is really fun um but oh god dude I, 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 you're right though it's nothing like a rush when you when mm-hmm. you win like and and I think at our at our dude I went five hundred bucks and you'd think I won progressive jackpot oh, yeah. on a slot machine um but Anyway, Vegas is Vegas is something to say, dude. I haven't been to Vegas since uh, since I jumped in the fountain at Caesar's Palace in front of uh, the producer of The Hangover. I what think year was that? That would have been two thousand and eight, perhaps. I can tell you. Wow, it's been a long time. Favorite buddy.
1: hotel is probably the
0: Cosmopolitan. I'm not even sure that was there. Um, The Hangover. When did that come out? Have I ever told that story on this? Oh, yeah. Okay. 2009. So I would have gone there in January. Martin Luther King weekend, 2009. Uh, that's the day I took the splash in the in the fountain in front of Todd Phillips. But won't be doing that this year if I can help it. Um, So, Kentucky Derby turned into a Vegas trip. We've got a couple other things that we could talk about. Um, Talk about this Jake Paul thing, dude. I don't know what's going on here with this guy. Yeah,
1: so first of all, you guys, I don't know if you know, but Jake Paul was a uh, YouTube guy, social media influence. I'm not sure how you classify him, but the guy is doing well. and uh, (laughs) Kind
0: of rich at this point. Yeah,
1: I mean, he's made a ton of money doing it. Well, anyways, he's really into – I'm not sure boxing or MMA, whatever it is, but he's the guy who absolutely knocked out Nate Robinson.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, that was funny. And watch. he's
1: really taken his social media presence and created like a big name. And I want to see him fucking, I want to see him fight like one of these fighters. And so Canelo. Could th-
0: he fight Tyson Fury, the big dude? Isn't that his name? Tyson Fury. Tyson
1: Fury, he was going to fight his brother. Ooh. But there was some issue that didn't happen last minute. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what that was. And I, I'm dying to see this guy get knocked out too. But uh, I kind of respect him, man. Uh, yeah. This guy's been consistent, he's believed in himself. And, uh, you know, I think he's going to see a, a pretty good fight. Uh, Canelo didn't rule it out, which was interesting. And he is considered one of the best fighters for his weight in the world right now.
0: Jake Paul is
1: no Canelo. No.
0: Okay, it seems like Jake Paul is one of those guys that you would like hate on until you hang out with him. To be mm-hmm. perfectly honest with you, he seems like just you know ass bag on there because because he's living a life that you don't live, right? And I I feel like I would just talk shit about him on a podcast or on a computer or something, and then he'd get here and I'd be like. Damn, dude, you're real cool. Let's hang. Um, and he'd be like, nah, dude, you talk shit about me, which would be his, uh, you know, he'd be all right to do that. So um, now I, I, I do think this stuff is entertaining because boxing is like a dying sport. Like Mike Tyson's resorted kicking people's ass on a plane, not pressing charges, by the way, Mike Tyson, free Mike um, again. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I do appreciate the fact that, um, you know, he makes it fun to watch boxing uh relevant at least. Um the damn pay-per-views are out the they're out of their mind on that shit. I'll just I'll just look at the pictures afterward. Uh but he knocks everybody the fuck out Yeah, man. And
1: on. I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you sleep. I can't get into this UFC stuff nah. like I do boxing. I don't know, man. I just like to see the you know there's they don't, don't really do have that marquee guy like I actually really like Tyson Fury, but sounds like he's about to retire.
0: But um They the, all hang on too long. He'll lose They'll lose before he retires. They always hang on too long, man. I don't think, what is it? Mayweather's the only undefeated one and he's only undefeated because he weighs 110 pounds and nobody can knock each other out of that weight. I
1: agree with you. Um I would yeah they all hang on too long. It's, it's kind sad. of like it is a sad sport. I mean it seems like one bad hit or one bad fight, you're dunsky. Yep. But I mean I enjoy it. I'd like to see the rise of boxing. And you know the one thing that you know I do like about this you know, there's some pluses and minus to the social media people that have like a big following, and I think it gives them a platform to, you know, no other time in history would Jake Paul be considered a serious fighter or a contender. But now that he has this backing and this following, now you see some you know some of the best fighters. Are like yeah, maybe I'll
0: fight him because yeah. there's going to be Go money, a bunch of money doing that shit. Yeah. And that's the one thing he's right about. Yeah, is it, he talk? His talking shit is like, you fight me, I'll make you a millionaire. Uh huh. And, and that is absolutely true. He
1: backs his shit up. He doesn't. He doesn't turn away from anybody. And he's knocked out some credible fighters. But the other side of this is, you've had some guy that's just grinding his way up and getting to that in boxing, getting to that top tier level. I mean, it is a dog fight. You're, you're I mean. You're driving. I mean. Lower tier boxing, nobody's going. And it is a brutal sport. Uh, but to get to that top level, it pays off. Yeah. And
0: he's bypassing all those guys, which, you know, I can't. well, you get there by any means necessary. Exactly. Right? And, like, he's, dude, you got to put work in. I don't give a shit, man. You see some of these fighters, good fighters, like the dude that lost last week. Or was it Canelo or somebody else? Yeah, like, Canelo. You know, you, these guys fall asleep for one fight, dude, and they get knocked the fuck out, and then everybody starts wondering who they are. Like, this dude has has done the opposite, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, you don't just wake up one day and say, I'm going to go beat that guy's ass. This ain't high school. Like, you're going out there, and you're trying to fight somebody else that is taking this seriously, too. Or basically, uh, so, dude, as much as I, like, Kind of joke around about he seems like a shithead. Maybe. Okay, fine. I have a ton of respect for the guy. I mean, I, I, I through it all, I like
1: him. Yeah. And, you know, Sleep, the thing is, Barstool has gotten into this pay per view stuff. God.
0: And these guys are geniuses.
1: They, I mean, they really are. They had a ball game last year I'm and just they're
0: waiting on our phone to ring.
1: They, hey, it's not out of the rim you met Portnoy. And he oh, He yeah. said
0: he was listening. So, Portnoy, yeah. dude. Come on, bro. dude. Come on, Portnoy. Like... Come on, Big Cat. Yeah.
1: Uh, but, anyways, I, I saw they had a little shake up in there. Uh, their group, uh, I guess one of the guys was dating a girl Ooh. or whatever, and I was talking to another guy in Barstool, I don't uh, do it. his old Hank and Marty. Marty's a Duke fan. Huh. He's just... Well... He lost a bet to me this year, and anyways... Oh, I uh, remember that. I'm with, that I'm with Hank. But right. anyways... Um, <laughs> Back to it, man. I, I like to see these guys take over because yeah, they give the people what they want, and that's I mean they want to see knockouts. They're not in here, you know. This guy does a, a southpaw. He's going to come in, counterpunch. Now they want to see somebody knock out. They ask a good question that's questions that the audience
0: loves. Here is the free advice. My free advice for Barstool. And if anybody on our, you know, ever fucking listens to this shit, this is, you can have it as long as you invite me and Big Hawk to to <laughs> pilot it. Get licensing to broadcast games in the same way that we want to listen to them. I'll give all the credit in the world to some of these broadcasters, you know, like uh, whoever, pick your favorite broadcaster, Mike Breen, you know, he's awesome. Love listening to that guy. Great. But I would also love to listen to like Portnoy and somebody else just like flip the fuck out when there's a bad call instead of just like, oh, no, the referee, they don't agree with that. No shit, dude. Like call it like it 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 is. I want to do a broadcast. This is me. I want to do it. So it's my idea. Motherfuckers, I want to broadcast games just like I want to sit there. I don't even have to be at the. I'll do the shit from my house. But you got to have the licensing right Mm -hmm. in order to like talk about. It's so stupid, but like that's the that is the holy grail right there. That is the next thing. If you can broadcast games in the same manner in which you listen to podcasts like this or like anything else at Barstool, dude, it will Mm -hmm. revolutionize the way television works forever. So uh, sign me up for that one. Uh, I'm with you, dude. One of the things we're not going to be – we'll jump on a couple other things before we get out of here. One of the things we're not going to be censored on is, dude, I'm going to the game tonight, sitting fourth row. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes, Boston Bruins, also series tied 2-2. That series has been like – Speaking of boxing matches, dude, the last time I went to game two, which was the last game at home, there were two separate occasions where the Bruins had four people in the penalty box at the same time. It was electric, dude. Um, you need to get there if you can get there. It's we got a big-time follower. Hill, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. He's,
1: a, I mean, he's been following. He's been keeping me updated, but
0: um if you're going oh yeah i know he'll yeah if you're going buddy i'm as as the big hawk tells you what he's going to tell you i'm going to go see where i'm sitting you come find me
1: guys i i'll tell you this um i haven't been following it like i should but the cane i meant the uh the bruins have a little reputation for being a little bunch of bitches bunch of yeah i will say that and uh you know we're all you know we're all bored with local sports here we want the canes to win and uh me and Big Sleep Dog, we're going to go to a game. And uh 122. Row D. that's where I'll be. We're gonna be throwing throwing them back is basically what we're gonna be doing at these games. So we need to go. We need to get to the uh, what do we need. The Stanley Cup? Do we need to go to yeah, Stanley I think Cup this we year? Should. Is this a Definitely. are we a contender this year? Yeah, we are. Hell yeah, hell no, yeah. Are. Let's go to the Stanley right. Cup.
0: Well, let's go. Let's actually win it. I mean, yeah, hell, let's I win the don't, damn, I'm damn thing. just go. You know, and been, been here since been, 05, right? 0506 I, I, I don't know. I think it was here after that. We'd drink out of some bitch. It might have been here before or since then. I think so. You know, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I did pose with it while I was at Chapel Hill one time. Uh, so, anyway, go Canes tonight because uh, we need it. We're uh, series tied 2-2 after a couple losses in Boston. We, we do have our third string goalie, and I do know that much. But uh, Oh, Ned? No, nah, Ned, I, I don't know where the hell Ned is. Ned was a goalie last year, dude. I go a, in there, and I know Ajo. I know Svechnikov. I know Nietzsche. I know uh, Martinup. I know Anderson, who is the goalie, our first stringer. That's five. Come on. I know Stahl. Uh, I don't know which one it is, but it's Stall's a unit. Uh, he's a unit. I know uh, Hamilton's not there anymore, so that counts as seven because I know that. Um, let's see. Who else do I know on the team? <sighs> I'm <laughs> running out of real estate fast. Uh, just one more. Come on. Slavin. Okay. Um, I'm going to stop there, dude. That's pretty good. I thought I only knew three people on the team, and I think that was – That, including the fact that I knew Doug Hamilton was not there and give myself credit for knowing Ned was not there, that's eight or nine players that I'm aware of what's going on in the NHL. It's about as good as I'm going to get. You got anything else, Big O? Stay safe. Stay safe.